Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, joined by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we're looking ahead to the 13th weekend of college baseball and doing bracketology. Let's talk college baseball. Howdy, Kyle. How are things down in Houston for you? Pretty good, pretty good. What up there in Boston? Doing well. I think this time of season always gets me thinking about uh, bandwagon fans, and I want to I want to hear your take on bandwagon fans. Do you mm. love them or hate them? Uh, I think the question is good for the sport, good or bad for the sport. I think I think they're good for the sport. More viewers is always good. Uh, I think when it gets bad is when you dictate things about the sport based on the bandwagon fans. Like, like I know you want to try and get more viewers and stuff like that, but if you, I don't know, take the college football playoff, for example. I'm not a huge fan of expanding to 12, but uh, it gets more viewers. Like, more more good games is good for viewers, so it's like, maybe that's a good thing. But if we just cater to the fans that, like, don't really care about the sport, I don't know if that's a good thing, you know? Yeah, I think it's an interesting point. We've heard about expansion a little bit in the world of college baseball up to like 90 teams or something like that, even 80 teams. I think that would be interesting. That would give room for more bandwagoners. I think Mm -hmm. uh, bandwagoners who think they know everything about a sport are a little frustrating to deal with. But I think generally speaking, like sports should be fun. And if hopping on a bandwagon is a fun thing, then go at it. Have at it. I agree. Yeah, like I'm a I'm a bandwagon uh, Dallas Stars fan. Like I, I pretty much only follow when they're in the playoffs and they, they have been a lot the last few years. That's kind of nice. I just I don't know. I can't I don't know enough about hockey to watch all 82 games the regular season and playoff hockey is like hook it into, hook it into my veins. I love watching that stuff. It's great. We went to a Bruins game this year and we're like, yeah, we should get into hockey. Bruins like it's kind of fun. Like, really right. Good. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, got eliminated first round. So, so much for that. But uh, we tried getting into it, but it's easier said than done. I don't know. Yeah, with it it overlaps so much with college baseball. I think I I end up watching more college baseball than I do hockey. That's a good point. Yeah, you got to You got to switch that up to living in the Northeast. (laughs) I guess so. Hey, Kyle, let's head over into our top story, which is it's that time of year. It's. It's the time of year where uh, a cloud passes by on a day in which you're supposed to play a bad team, <laughs> and maybe you cancel it for weather. <laughs> the top story today is NC State canceled the midweek game with Richmond due to, quote, weather or p- the p- potential possibility of inclement weather, which is uh, a rare thing early on in the season. But I think the, the motivation here was definitely from an RPI perspective. This this happened last year a few times. I, I think A and M was one of those teams, and there were there were a few other ones. Maybe and it was most famous for Schloss just saying we're canceling this because of RPI. At least everyone else yeah. had the decency to cancel it for quote weather and such. No, or I think it's the other reasons. way around. I think <laughs> I think you it's it's good to hear the honesty. Like yeah, if the committee says they care about RPI, why would we not do something that's good for for our RPI? Cancel this game. Like even if you win that game, your RPI drops. Yeah, so, so Richmond's 21 and 24, RPI of 242. And Warren Nolan projected that, like you said, you hit the nail on the head there, Kyle. Even if NC State had won this game, their RPI would have dropped. Are you in favor for some RPI revision? Do we do we need to do the uh Kindle Rogers Aaron Fit suggestion of dropping the the top 
let's say your worst wins like they do in is it college hockey i think that's that concept is borrowed from where if you have wins on your resume that hurt your resume you can drop them i like that i think i think that will help provide some clarity at least on like so like a team like texas tech they scheduled what they thought was pretty well but it ended up not being good like on all the human polls a lot of the human polls they're ranked pretty highly they're or at least in the top like 25 or 30 in some of them but their RPI says that they're a number 60 team, which like something's not adding up there. And it's just like the schedule didn't exactly work out. Like this four games against Gonzaga, like that's usually a pretty solid team to schedule in the non-conference. And that's really dragging their schedule down. Yeah. I think that I, I am pro baseball. We've talked about this on the podcast and anytime, anytime we cancel baseball games because we're trying to game a system that seems bad for the sport. So I think definitely what needs to happen is there needs to be at least some consideration for uh, maybe removing, let's say, the top couple of games or say the top uh, most detracting wins from your resume so that you can play those games early on in the season, which are maybe by games and, you know, maybe the help support some of the, the other athletic departments or help you figure out your lineups, things like that. You should never be punished for a winning. That seems silly. I agree. I'm with you. Hey, Kyle, let's head over to 10 picks in five minutes. Coming up this the weekend, there are a lot of baseball. It's fastest in baseball. It's, there's a lot of interesting series coming up this weekend. I think particularly in the SEC, uh, we have, I would say, several competitive SEC series, at least on paper. But not only that, a lot of these are, are against uh, some some bu- bubble teams against each other, some host bubble teams against each other. Uh, so I think we're going to have an SEC flavor to our pick but also some interesting series elsewhere, Conference USA, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, of course. So, Kyle, we have 30 seconds to make a pick and defend it. We each get five series. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think I'm giving you a, a series first. Start the clock. You got Vandy at Florida. I'm going Florida here. I think this one's really tough, and this one I think is going to be really important for factoring in. I want to get to later with bracketology, the top eight seeds. I, I give the edge to Florida here, but just barely. I think that the pitching staff is good enough. I mean, the top two are high end. I think that like I, I like Florida at home. Traveling is hard. So give me the Gators against the Commodores. I don't know if they're going to do enough. They're two games back right now in the East. I don't know if they're going to be able to sweep and take take over a lead from Vanderbilt. But I, I think the Gators get it done. You stick in the SEC with Georgia at Mizzou. Yeah, this one, uh, Georgia's a confusing team. They just, like a few weeks ago, swept Arkansas, also lost a road series at Ole Miss, and then also be a team at home in Tennessee who was... I think in line for a host as of last week, but probably not anymore. And then this Missouri team is coming off of a, a wild back and forth series at Ole Miss where they, the last game, uh, they, they won that series at home and the last game, it was 34 runs in, in one game combined. I'm going with the road team here. I think George is a team that's fighting for its postseason life. And I think they really need this one. So give me Georgia here. You got a big uh, CUSA series, DBU at UTSA. I love this series. I think it's going to be, I mean, it goes without saying, this is probably the most important Conference USA series of the year with these two teams being atop the Conference USA standings. For Dallas Baptist, winning the series and you might be a host. For UTSA, win this series, you start feeling really good about your at-large potential. Obviously, you'd still have auto-bid potential. UTSA's offense, so good. I like Dallas Baptist's pitching staff just a touch better. And pitching travels 
But at the same time, at home with a really high flying offense, give me the Roadrunners. Meet me. All right, heading over to the ACC for you, NC State at North Carolina. Yeah, this one is a fun rivalry series. And I, man, I, we just pushed, in my mind, I think we just pushed UNC off the bubble, in, like directly into, like into the field without any worries. And NC State just took a road series at Notre Dame, but uh, that was without Notre Dame's ace, a game which they lost. So I don't know if it matters. I'm going the home team here, North Carolina. Uh, I think this probably pushes NC State off the bubble in my mind. But yeah, right, go ahead and give me uh, give me the home team here. Up next for you is Bama at AM. Give me the Aggies in this one. We just saw what AM did at home against Florida. I think. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, this Alabama offense should, I mean, has performed much better than the AM offense. But I, I feel like the, I feel like a broken record. I feel like this AM offense is maybe slowly regressing to the mean here. Given the Aggies at home, it's hard to win in Olsen. Kentucky at Tennessee. Yeah, this is a big one too. Tennessee doesn't lose series at home it seems like and they lose all of them on the road they're two and 11 in the year on the road and 30 and four at home that's they're a pretty a typical sec team i think i'm going high flying tennessee here at home this probably puts the nail in the coffin for kentucky's hosting chances but if they win a game and they can win that series at home again next week against florida that that could push them up a little bit but yeah go ahead and give me tennessee Next up for you is back to the ACC, Clemson at Virginia Tech. I like this series a lot. I, I like it because it's a it's a challenging one for Clemson, who has obviously been playing a lot better as of late. This is going to be a desperate Virginia Tech team, though, fighting for uh, its potential postseason life. I think Clemson's pitching staff has really come together in the last few weeks. And one of the things that's really hard to do in a season is it's hard to get better throughout the season. Clemson has definitely gotten better. While Virginia Tech, I think, is not doing that. So give me Clemson and this one. How about Texas State at Louisiana? Yeah, this is a this is a tough one. Texas State is ten and ten in the year at, on the road. I, I just they they're a pretty standard road team as well, but they also just took that road series at ODU and then came back and swept Georgia State yeah. last week at home. I think I'm going Texas State here on the road. I think I think they're finally getting healthy and finally being consistent. Uh, I just I think I think they're just a slightly better team, and that's enough. I think for me, and for you, last one Arizona State at USC Southern Cal. Yeah, I originally was going Arizona State here just because I think that they are the better team, but USC has been really good at home, <laughs> so I'm going with the Trojans. I don't love it. But USC has beaten so far Stanford, uh, uh, UCLA, and Oregon at home. So three of the best of what the Pac-12 has to offer. So wow. give me give me USC in this one. I don't know. Like, this one feels a little bit iffy for me. But uh, I like the Trojans in this. So how about you finish things up with Kansas State at Oklahoma State? This is a, a good one for for winning the big 12 for like leading the conference standings. I think West Virginia is still a couple games ahead, but this is, this is like a pecking order series here and it's, it's in still water. I think that might be enough for me. Kansas state is really a really good team at home. They just took off, uh, took out Texas tech at home a couple of weeks ago. 
and they also beat UC Irvine on the road a few weeks ago, knocked them out of the tournament, I think. So I, I, I think I think I'm going Oklahoma State here, though. All righty, I get Florida, UTSA, A&M, Clemson, and USC. How do you have? I got Georgia, UNC, Tennessee, Texas State, and Oklahoma State. So uh, I know you were making fun of, uh, let's see, Tennessee's road woes, but you also picked a Georgia team who I believe is 2-10 in SEC mm. road games. So Yikes. we'll see how <laughs> that goes for you. You've been better as of late for than I have with the pick em. Yeah, that's a gut feel pick. Gut feel. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with some bracketology. And we are back. If you haven't already, why don't you give the College Baseball Nation podcast a rating and maybe a review? We'll give you a shout out at the on the end credits if you leave a review for us. We really appreciate it. Helps us get the word out. Helps support the show. Kyle. We have a brand new Field of 64 to make once again. Every week at this point in the season, we're making Field of 64. And what we're going to do on the air is we're going to try to pick the top 16 seeds. We both made our lists off the air. We're going to negotiate them on the air, see if we can <laughs> settle on 16. I think maybe we're going to start reading, reaching some consensus in, in, in some of these spots because we're just running out of games, right? Like the, yeah. there's just we're running out of room. But uh, let's let's get at it. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's go with Wake Forest, the new number one team in the country. They haven't lost a weekend. Haven't lost consecutive games, as far as I can tell. I think that's a pretty easy Wake. And then I don't know if you want to keep it going. LSU number two. They they dropped a spot for losing a, a series. Yeah, I think LSU and Wake had, were so far ahead that LSU losing a series doesn't really do much for me because. Any of the teams I think of next are probably also SEC, and I still think LSU is the cream of the crop in the SEC. So Wake, LSU, one, two, bish, bosh, three. Where do you want to go? Uh, I'm thinking uh, probably Vanderbilt. I, I spent a lot of time yeah. trying to tease apart that like who's going where, and it's just the reality is these top uh, SEC teams, Florida, South Carolina, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, they all have tough roads ahead of them <laughs> so it's, yeah and arkansas plays vanderbilt soon too right yep and uh Nashville. yeah so it's i don't it's it's gonna be it's a little hard to predict every single one of those series and all the permutations but uh, i think vanderbilt has the best odds of winning the sec east so that's why i like vanderbilt next yeah arkansas cannot win the sec east <laughs> you're always so so astute with your observations you. kyle that's why we keep you around do we want to go arkansas for or do we want to go to some other conference let's do arkansas i'm, I'm good with arkansas here yeah and where i but struggle really next is we want to go yeah i i think we've we i think one of our field of 64s in the last month or so has had kentucky as a as a host but i think that sweeping south carolina is loud because we've had south carolina in top eight for a while and the committee does care somewhat about head-to-head so kentucky i think it's an edge over a team that was a top eight team and as they basically have consistently had over the last several weeks their rpi now is up to number one once again i think that Hmm. means kentucky is a top eight because i I think they're going to be towards the top of the sec east uh, I don't know if I'm ready to put them here because we have three SEC teams. So my gut probably would be go ACC. I think so. We talked about it too a few weeks ago about how 
you know, Stanford, if they win the Pac-12, maybe that's enough to get a top eight, but it doesn't feel like a runaway Big 12 champ. Uh, and then, of course, Stanford goes and sweeps the second place team in the conference at their house. So I do think Stanford should be in the conversation here. I think I'm good with Stanford next. It's the team that, so they're 13 in the RPI. They're 18 and six in conference. They're running away. I mean, this is three and a half games up on second place in the pack. Uh, and just last year, we saw t- the committee do put AM at like 18 or 19 in the RPI uh, at, when they won their division in the West. Uh, so that was, at, that's, and they put the committee put AM as the five overall seed. So I think this is uh, not too early for the probable Pac 12 champ. All right, so five goes to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Duke, Florida, Kentucky, uh, maybe West Virginia, Coastal Carolina, kind of where I'm thinking uh, we should be in the conversation. Where do you want to go? Yeah, I originally put Florida here. Uh, I I think the the rash uh, they're so they're so neck and neck right now. They're one spot separating yeah. them. Uh, I think if Duke wins their division in the ACC winning the coastal versus getting what we would expect Florida probably to get second place maybe at this rate maybe third mm-hmm. in the SEC East yeah I like Duke better I think that's a good pick because then winning your division is going to be meaningful they still have to travel on the road to Miami if they lose that series then I don't know if I, I think Duke won't be here if they lose that series but right I but Florida also has to play Vandy and at Kentucky, and I think there's a there's a decent chance that they lose both of those series. Like I, I they they just lost the series on the road against A and M, where their pitching wasn't uh, it was it was iffy, and Kentucky plays different at home, so that's that's one of those like they're probably more talented, but the resume it's a resume pick picking picking Kentucky over them. So I yeah, I think it's worthwhile like thinking Duke about now. Uh, there's the schedules a little bit because right now I think with Florida being a game up on Kentucky, it's easy and uh, yeah, it's easy to start seeing how they would have a path to being seated higher than Kentucky. But I, I think I agree. I think that I would have Kentucky over Florida as of right now. So do you want to do seven, eight, Kentucky, Florida? Yeah, so Duke six, Kentucky, then Florida. Yeah. All right. Where are we heading now? I think you could consider Big 12 cha- uh, probable champ, West Virginia. We'd have to pick them. And so they're they're 18th in the RPI right now. Or number four RPI, South Carolina. If we think, let's see, they have Arkansas the on the road this week and Tennessee at home next week. I think they could win that. They could go three and three. And that Honestly, I don't think the fourth place team in a division, though, can be at the number nine team. Yeah. I don't know if the fourth best SEC East team is going to be seen as better than... The Big 12. Whether or not they are, I don't know if the committee is going to want to do that. If they go three and three the next two weeks against Tennessee or Arkansas on the road in Tennessee, that would put them at 17 conference wins. That's that's pretty low. Definitely a host resume, but yeah. I feel like for Mm. the sake of spreading out the love, West Virginia. I think West Virginia or maybe another ACC or Sunbelt team. So like I'm thinking like Clemson, West Virginia, Coastal. Or or my next three. Yeah, I think I think West Virginia's good here at um let's see. That's West oh. Virginia at nine. At nine, yes. Okay. So yeah, I, I still I I I'm reluctant to put South Carolina this high just because I same same rationale. Like I think we only have 
what, one ACC team? No, two. Two ACC teams right now. I think the third best ACC team is probably better than the fourth best SEC East team in the in terms of committee's eyes, resumes. But South maybe... Carolina has a head-to-head. Ooh, good call. Yeah, let's go South Carolina here. Yeah, I'm fine with Clemson next. I think I think they are up there, like pretty high up there. They're 14 and 10, quad one. They're 10 and 5 on the road, which the committee seems to like. They have a number four strength of schedule, 21 non-conference strength of schedule. They definitely have all the metrics. And then where do we want to go with 12 then? If we have South Carolina and Clemson at 10 and 11. I'm thinking Coastal or maybe like coastal, an Oklahoma State, Miami. Miami. Yeah. Uh, I think Coastal. Um, I think Coastal because they are 11 in the RPI uh, in similar range in the RPI plus. That's a nice resume. Oh, yeah. I guess do you want to compare RPI plus to what we've already done or are, are we good with what we've already I, done? I, for some of these, for a lot of these teams, in terms of ACC, SEC, RPI plus doesn't do a whole lot to, to them. The, the, the RPI plus likes a lot of these teams still. <laughs> okay, good. So um, that leaves us then with so that's coastal at four twelve. Yeah. Four more spots. We have one Big Twelve teams. I feel like there's going to be a second. I think there's also some mid majors that are up here. Um, I'm thinking. Probably one of those mid-major teams or like an Oklahoma State or whoever you think is going to get second place in the Big 12 just because it is now the third RPI conference and they're definitely going to get two hosts in my mind. So I'm leaning Oklahoma State here. I don't know what, what you're thinking. Yeah. Wait, you already have Miami in there? I feel like Miami is also up there. They're second in their conf- in their division right now, right behind a half game behind Duke and they host Duke to end the year. And let's see, they are eight and eleven in quad one RPI games, six and twelve on the road. Who the committee's not going to like that? Officially, road record is not one of the things that the committee can. It's not officially. It's not officially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they also have a yeah one twenty five non conference strength of schedule. That's not great. But I feel like I think I Oklahoma like State has a better games. quad one. Right, right. It's nine and eight quad one versus eight and eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, strength of schedule is the non-conference schedule for Miami is 125 versus Oklahoma State 48. I'm I'm really feeling the Cowboys here. All right, let's Oklahoma State and then Miami. All right, now it leaves us, I think, with a little bit of a conundrum. So what I'm struggling with here is that Boston College is at seven right now in the RPI plus. Uh, Virginia is at ten in the RPI plus. Indiana State is at twelve. And uh, we have then a bunch of teams that are just knocking on the door, Tennessee, Yukon, Texas, Southern Miss, Oregon, Campbell, all right, right nearby. And we only have two spots left. I think because both of us, I, I think, are thinking that UTSA is going to maybe pull the slight upset at home. That kind of knocks DBU off the list in my mind, because I think if they lose that, they're going to they're not going to have the RPI necessary and if you don't win your division or if you don't win your conference i think it's gonna be hard for them to host so i think i'm gonna cross dbu off i think so i my biggest complaint with indiana state so they're seven in the rpi 12 in the rpi plus my biggest complaint with them has been i always said like they're just have razor thin margins like if they win all the rest of their games yeah they're gonna keep the top 16 rpi but if they don't even if they drop one of the two of these games they're gonna plummet and since then they haven't lost a game it's a seven game winning streak so like that they're doing what they need to do they just keep winning so at this point i'm yeah. comfortable having them in but only if we think 
they're going to win their next basically seven games. But they have what at Mizzou and they have yeah they have eight games left. RPI or Boyd's World says they need to win seven out of their eight games to stay in the top eight RPI. So that's that's possible. Top eight, yeah. I mean, top if you have top eight RPI, like they would definitely be hosting. Um, yeah, I like Indiana State. I just I'm not sure. Let's see. I don't know if they have the quad one wins. Aren't they like two and eight or something? Let's yeah, see. they have that little. They have the the clever bit of scheduling where they've played a lot of quad one teams. Yeah, eleven quad one teams, which is a lot for Missouri Valley team, but they haven't won a whole lot of them. Yeah, thirty nine strength of schedule versus a team that I'm comparing. So, like, let's say Boston College, for example. Boston College is eleven and. 12 in quad one that's just maybe a factor of, or feature of being in the acc playing a lot more games against them they're also boston college is also 18 and 9 on the road they're a northern team that has to travel a lot i know that the committee doesn't really care about that they also have a 17 strength of schedule so like twice as good if that's possible if that's accurate uh, how do we I feel think... about uconn uconn at six and three in quad one uh they have a little bit of a tricky schedule in the sense that they have uh, they host a team that's uh, in Butler that's going to definitely ding their RPI, but then they finish with four road games, which might help. I think they could end up in Sweet. the like teens or twenties with a uh, with their remaining schedule. And you know, Warren Nolan has it predict predicted they would be a, have tw- RPI of twenty. I think that could be enough for them. Boyd's World says that they have to win out to have a top sixteen RPI. I don't think they need a top 16. I think because yeah. there's enough of these ACC and SEC teams that are really, yeah, you know, we're not just going to see 16 ACC, SEC hosts. So, like, I think that mm-hmm. they don't necessarily need top 16 right. to, to host. Top 32 says they need four wins out of there. So, somewhere in that range, four, five, six, four wins, to eight wins probably. they need to be yeah. about 20-ish. Yeah. I, I, I'm really liking UConn, then because it's a nice region. I think the regional committees are going to say UConn's really good. I think... Like if, I mean, I think that's at the end of the day, here's what it is. If you think Boston College is better than UConn, then we might. I I would I would say both of them are unlikely to make it because that's I think going to be hard. I think the reason why I don't like Boston College is because what we already have Wake, Duke, Clemson, Miami. I don't know if we're going to see five ACC hosts. That seems like an, a little bit mm. of a an outlier year. I feel like I'm leaning Boston College over a team like Indiana State. I agree. I like. I think I like Boston College over Indiana State because of that. What you pointed out about Q1 wins, but Boston College is 14 and 13. They only have one in the ACC, and they host Notre Dame. If they sweep Notre Dame, 17 and 13 looks pretty good. But if they don't sweep 16 and 14, or if they lose that series, 15 and 15, that's you know that. I guess we did see North Carolina host with a 15 and 15 ACC record just was a year ago so it's not impossible so we have two spots left I think this is really tough so in my mind anything about BC it would be the fifth ACC team but Kyle you looked this up remind me what's the the status for ACC over his ACC going back to 2006 has had an average of 4.2 hosts so four last year one in 2021 and they've had five and six here or there so it's not out of the question to have five ACC hosts. Uh, so we, we could do BC here as the fifth one this year. Wouldn't be a record record breaking or anything. Yeah, I think so. My issue with them is if they're only 15 and 15 in conference, it doesn't feel great, but mm-hmm. they should win that series. I think against Notre Dame. So 16 and 14 sounds pretty good and they'll have an RPI then that's top 10. So I'm okay with BC next. Okay. 
And then others for consideration that we were talking about, uh, UConn, Campbell, and Indiana State. So uh, UConn is in the Big East. They are 12th in conference RPI. Uh, Missouri Valley is 11th, so it's Indiana State. And Campbell is in the uh, Big South, which is 18th in conference RPI. So that feels like it eliminates Campbell for me. Yeah, I think Campbell has to be perfect from here on out. And I think if they mm-hmm. are, then maybe they get themselves in the conversation. But I'm not so sure. UConn, able Indiana to do that. State. Yeah, and so for me, it's between Indiana State and UConn. And because Indiana State is 2-9 and nine versus Q1, while UConn is 6-3, and three, I lean UConn. All right, let's lock it in. So that gives us Wake Forest, LSU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Stanford, Duke, Kentucky, Florida as the top eight. And then West Virginia, South Carolina, Clemson, Coastal Carolina, Oklahoma State, Miami, Boston College, and UConn. That's a lot of Carolina schools. That is a lot of Carolina schools. Yeah, I think that's maybe another reason why Campbell might not be picked if there are that many Carolina maybe. schools already. In oh, run. true. All righty. So we will compile this and add uh, all the uh, bubble watch information to it. Build a field of 64 and we'll have that up to you as soon as possible. Thanks for listening to College Baseball Nation podcast. Check out our website, collegebaseball.info, our socials at collegeballnat. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.